For those of you who caught it, um, I dropped a hint about this message when I was speaking back on December 6th. Um, I suspect I'm not the only one who is ready to say goodbye and good riddance as we slam the door on 2020 while praying that for Christmas 2021 we don't get face masks or other paraphernalia like that. Looking forward to 2021 being a better year. However, as we prepare to transition into a new year, I want to remind myself and I want to remind you about a couple of things that may bring a little perspective on 2020. I think they may also help to prepare us for whatever 2021 brings, whether that be pandemic or prosperity or anywhere in between. But before I get to my text for today, I want you to think a little bit about life in general, and I also want you to think about your body specifically. So in an attempt to keep this from getting too weird or too personal, I'm going to use myself as an illustration. I suspect, and correct me privately if I'm wrong, but I suspect it's virtually impossible for someone to live 65 years without accumulating a few scars on your body. Is that a fair assumption? Just by show of hands, how many of you have already started cataloging your scars in your mind? I I just knew you were going to go there. And you're going to stay there for a while. Uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about a few of mine. And I would start with some of my earlier memories. And if I had short sleeves, I could find two faint scars right about here. And you notice they're spread a ways apart. And they're fang marks from a dog. All right? Now, again, I was five years old. I was staying with Aunt Ruth and Uncle Kenny. All right? And my cousin Bill, who was five years older than I was, and a couple of his friends, we had gone to Nottawa Creek, right where it intersects with End Drive South. Y'all there with me? All right. Some of you are. All right. So we were on the north side of the road on the west side of the creek. And my cousin, he's five years older. His friends are three, four, five years older than I am. And I'm just the young kid who's tagging along. I'm not entirely sure what my aunt was thinking by letting us go that far away from the house. We're talking quarter, half a mile away from the house, and I'm five years old, and my 10-year-old cousin is supervising me. But anyway, that was a different era. So I had apparently captured a frog, and I had that frog in a yellow Play-Doh container. And I was running to show it to the older people who were with me to impress them that I could catch frogs too. But as I ran with my right arm raised up, clutching this in my hand, the kids who were with us, their dog apparently perceived that to be a threat. He bit me in the butt, and then he addressed the threat, which was my raised arm approaching his owners. He felt he needed to protect them. I learned several valuable lessons at that point. I learned that dogs take it seriously if you pose a threat to whomever they feel compelled to protect, and they will do whatever it takes. I learned that probably would have been better to let the dog have the frog and catch another one than to get bit. I learned another thing. I learned where the dog warden lived. That's what they called him back then. 
because somehow my dog bite got reported. And I also found that these friends of my cousin's were angry with me because I got bit by their dog and he got turned into the dog warden and had to spend 14 days quarantined. As you can tell, not only do I have physical scars, but this has scarred me mentally and emotionally. Uh, Fast forward a couple years, I'm in the second grade. I'm standing lined up with my classmates, getting ready to enter my second grade classroom at Waddles Park Elementary. I can picture it. And if I look right here on my thumb, they, you can't see it from there, there's a very faint black dot. I learned an important lesson that sometimes when you bully people, you get hurt in the process because the individual whom I was bullying, excuse me, we'll say picking on because that sounds less offensive, the, the classmate whom I was picking on, I'm not sure whether I was reaching toward him or he reached toward me, but I ended up with the sharp point of his pencil embedded in my thumb. I wish I could tell you that at that moment in the second grade, I learned a lesson about bullying that kept me from ever bullying again. I will tell you it took a lot more years for it to finally sink in. But I learned a lesson there that sometimes there are consequences for our actions. Now leap ahead with me. to middle school. In middle school, I was a wannabe athlete, and all of my friends were going out for track. I was not fast enough to be a sprinter. I did not have the intestinal fortitude to be a distance runner, so I opted to become a hurdler. As a result of that, back in the day, and we're talking back in the day, Most high schools and most middle school tracks were made of something called cinders, which is ground-up slag from metal foundries. And it was sharp, and it was nasty, and it was dirty. Now, picture a five-foot-and-change seventh grader who is not all that coordinated or motivated deciding to hurdle. Now, they had two levels, and I chose to do both. The high hurdles, even, I mean, now they have different levels for different ages. Back then, you just left what used whatever the high school didn't use. So that meant high hurdles for us were 39 inches. And I was 60 inches and change. So I fell a few times. I vividly remember one time, I could even tell you what school it was, but it wouldn't mean anything to most of you. But there were four hurdles. You ran 60 yards, four hurdles. I literally fell over every hurdle. Now, I had discovered once when I fell on the cinders, I told my coach. And I discovered the treatment for cinders in your knees involved warm soapy water, a scrub brush, and this torturous antiseptic called mercuricolm. Now, did you catch what I... Anybody remember mercuricolm? We all know that it's outlawed because it had mercury in it. You're putting it in an open wound on a child's body, and it burns like all get out. One time, I got treated for cinders, and from then on, I pretended that I didn't have cinders. That's why I still have black streaks in my knee from cinders. However, I kept hurtling in 8th grade and in ninth grade and in 10th grade. 
and 11th grade. And as I hurdled, it improved my stride, and I grew so I didn't fall every time. And the last hurdle race that I ran, I set a school record that stayed a school record until the school I attended in high school switched from yards to meters, and then all previous school records didn't matter. I'll come back to that in a moment. Now jump ahead. We're getting current. I'm almost there. Trust me. 2003. We had just built a new home just around the corner from here. And I woke up one morning, and I got out of bed, and I rolled out of bed, and I stood up, and I realized I was now back on the floor. And I thought, well, that's odd. I thought I stood up. And I got up again, and I realized my right foot would only work if I looked at it. If I didn't look at it, it just did its own thing. I now have a a scar about like that right about here on my back. I've never seen it because I can't see back there, but I can feel it. And that scar reminds me, especially when it gets achy, it reminds me that... If you are stubborn and prideful and don't ask for help, there are consequences. It reminds me that if you think you can lift whatever you want, regardless of what your body says, there may be lifelong consequences. And so I'm glad that scar's there. I'm sorry it took that much to teach me that lesson. But then one more scar. And then we'll get on. Some of you that have been around for a while had the privilege of meeting our dog, Gracie. I will not show a picture of Gracie because it will make me cry. All right. But Gracie was a gentle giant, 130 pounds and change when she was healthy. She was part Great Dane, part St. Bernard. She looked mostly Great Dane, but had a lot thicker neck. She was a gentle giant, as I said, with pretty much everybody but me because I was her playmate that would play with her. And at one point I learned that sometimes, whoop, let's go back to it. Did I go too far? Sorry, Matt, thank you. I learned that sometimes when you run with the big dogs, um, you get hurt. I was playing with Gracie We were playing, and she was running by really fast. And a really big dog going really fast has a lot of momentum. And I stuck out my hand to pretend like I was going to grab her, but I didn't intend to grab her. But she zigged when I thought she was going to zag, and her tooth simply ran into my hand. That picture is something I took to send to one of the nurses in my life to say, Hey, do I need stitches? But I opted for a butterfly bandage instead of stitches. You know why? Because I went back to five years old. And I remembered that the dog got in trouble. And I knew that if I went to the emergency room and said, no, my dog didn't bite me, she just ran into her with my, to me with her tooth. That Gracie would have a dog bite on her record. And I didn't want Gracie to have a dog bite on her record. And so... We just covered it up. 
Did you catch it? Even if they fade with time, every scar is tied to memories. Some painful, some positive, some lessons learned. That gash on my hand showed me that sometimes those we love and those whom we love can still leave scars. I doubt that I need to remind you that scars are not limited to our physical body. Sometimes those are the easier ones to talk about. And again, I know you guys got scars. And for you, your scars are tied to memories. Many women have scars from childbirth. And that represents a lot to them. But a host over the course of our lives, a host of experiences can leave scars on our hearts, on our mind, and on our soul. Failures, disappointments, relationships, loss, unfulfilled hopes and dreams. And I will simply say, speaking for myself, 2020 has skirted up or aggravated a lot of emotional scar tissue from my past. And it has also brought fresh wounds that created new scars that will be with me for the rest of my life. And I know that I'm not the only one. So because I'm assuming that some of you are going to have scars from 2020, I want to emphasize just a couple things. And the first is, our scars shape us, they define us, they explain us, they limit us, and they can also empower us. Now, don't get me wrong. I have always... And I will always do everything in my power to avoid scars. I'm not going to go looking for them. But I realize, as I've made light of a few insignificant scars from my life, you can see how they represent ways that I've been shaped, ways that I've been defined. They may explain to you why I act the way I do at times. But I also know the one on my back limits me, (laughs) all right? But they also empower me. And I'll come back to that in just a moment. Passage of Scripture that speaks to this. Paul writes, We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Again, just take a breath and think about 2020 and listen to that again. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. I'm only speaking for myself. That pretty much defines 2020. A lot of crud. A lot of wounds. Got some scars in the making. But I've never been abandoned. I've been struck down. 
but not destroyed. Our scars can influence others for good and not for good. Just a reminder for us, folks. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. By his wounds, we are healed. By Christ's scars, you and I have been healed. And as I think about the scars, the physical scars, and the emotional scars, the relational scars that you and I have, they can inspire others. You think about folks who you know they've got real scars. And you see how they pressed on in spite of them. And they can inspire you. They can teach them. Trust me. Some of my scars, I'll remind folks, hey, you probably don't want to lift that that way. They can warn them. I don't want to end up like that. But they can also impair others. They can intimidate them. They can paralyze them. And a large part of that depends on how we process our scars. Which brings me to all the talking to get to this point. Our scars mean we survived. If I'm looking at a scar on my body, it means I survived whatever it was that put it there. If I think about the scars on my heart and the scars in my mind and the scars on my soul, if I have the opportunity to ponder them, it means I survived. Doesn't mean they don't hurt. Doesn't mean they don't dredge up painful memories. But it reminds me that I survived. You know, we, we joke about it. You know, as long as I'm looking, any day I'm looking down at the dirt instead of up at the dirt, it's a good day. But at the end of 2020, with all that we've gone through, for us to realize we get to look to 2021. Our scars mean we survived. There's a passage of Scripture. And, I, and I've preached this before. It, it should not be new to you. You've probably heard others preach it. But Ephesians chapter 6, it's, it's the passage that talks about the armor of God. And to me, you know, when I think about the armor of God, I, I love some of the stuff, you know, swords and, and helmets and, I mean, really cool stuff. But to me, one of the most significant parts has nothing to do with the actual armor. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Paul says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. What a great thought as we slam the door on 2020 and as we look forward to 2021. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Not in your power, because your power is not all that. Love you, appreciate you, but our power is just not all that. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. All right, so there's, there's once. Hold up one finger. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. 
Therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand. There's number two. And after you've done everything, to stand. Friends, it's December 27th, 2020. We have endured a global pandemic that has changed virtually all aspects of our lives in some way, shape, or form. And we're still standing. We're still standing. Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything else, to stand. Stand firm. There's number four. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with, with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. And just a reminder, with all that we've been through individually, congregationally, Nationally, we are still standing. Well, do I want to go through it all again? Oh, no, 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 no. But we're still standing. And just think, if we have the privilege of living a few more years, just think of the stories we're going to be able to tell. Remember back in 2020 when we all got masks for Christmas? Wow, that's hilarious. Remember when we all had to stay home for months on end and we were forbidden from leaving the house? Wasn't that a hoot? You know what? If history is any indicator, as time passes, we're going to look back and say, wasn't that a special time when we all got to stay home together? How cool was it when we got to work from home and we never had to go to school? Our scars mean we survived. Our scars mean God still has more for us to do. And that's what I want us to take away. That's what I want us to think about 2020. And and I don't mean to be haughty, but kind of feel like thumbing my nose and saying, is that all you got? Because we're still standing. I know, I don't want to go there either, but anyway. When I was talking about this message a couple weeks ago after after service, um, I was telling Linda about it, and she said, hey, have you heard this song? And and there's a song that's called Scars by I Am They. And, and I'm just going to have you listen to it, and then I'm going to come up and close in prayer. So uh, be patient with the guys as they switch over from one screen to another, and uh, we're going to listen to I Am They. Would you pray with me? <clears throat> Father, what amazing thoughts. And as we do put a wrap on 2020. I just pray that you would help us, Father. I pray that you would help me, Father, to reflect upon 
what I've had the opportunity to learn about your heart this year and what you taught me about the hearts of others. Father, I thank you for the reminder that while scars do represent pain and loss and disappointment and discouragement, you have literally helped us to stand at the end of an incredibly difficult year for most, if not all of us, on so many different levels. The armor of your presence in our lives allows us to say, yep, we're still standing. And so, Father, we pray that that would allow us to move into 2021 with a sense of anticipation, not just that the problems are all going to go away, but with our scars reminding us that there's going to be tough stuff in 2021 as well. But you are with us. Your scars make it possible for us to stand and to process and to deal and to triumph through our own scars. And Father, I would pray that as we wrap up 2020 and as we anticipate 2021, among many other commitments, that we would make a commitment to stand with one another, to be a source of encouragement and strength and healing in the lives of those with whom we worship on a regular basis, in the lives of those with whom we share a household, in the lives of those with whom we work and those we interact with in the community, that they would see that because of our scars and because of your scars, we are different and we can point them to a hope that can only be found in you. We thank you and we praise you, Father. Amen. Before I dismiss you, uh, just a couple quick uh, community concerns. Obviously, uh, 